0: Modern Fairy Sightings podcast, where we listen to people's fairy encounters. But take heed, we're not talking about winged Tinkerbells here. These are real fairies, real encounters that took people like you and I by surprise. Stay a while and hear their stories. My name is Joe Hickey Hall, and I'm a folklore researcher. podcast is of course free but to ensure it continues it does require your support if you can support the show and its continued research there are a number of tiers to choose from at patreon.com forward slash the modern fairy sightings podcast we have a discord private discussion group and a monthly live chat plus regular personal updates behind the scenes with your support i hope to dedicate more time to this research and producing fortnightly episodes Alternatively, you can really help support by subscribing, rating and sharing your favourite episodes with your friends. Thanks. Hello dear listener, how are you? I appreciate that the world is a rather strange place at the moment and ironically you may have come here for some nice grounding explorations into the true meaning of life, so welcome. Thank you for being here and get yourself comfortable. A big hug through the ether to my dear curious crew on Patreon who support this project and help towards the costs of running it. I look forward to our Discord chat at the beginning of August and there's a bonus episode relating to this show for patrons. I love working on this research and I'm hoping to get to a point where I can work less of my day job so that I can have more space and time to write a book. So if you feel that you can support the project, please do. Thank you for the wonderful messages that keep coming. I've just returned from camping in Devon, and I'm enjoying conversing with you all about your thoughts on these informative shares. As always, please tweet me at underscore remain underscore curious and contact me at scarletofthefay.com where you'll find my show notes and some other articles from time to time. This episode's share is from an Australian lady who recalls her first fairy encounter as a child. We began by discussing how people feel about sharing these encounters and how important it is for those to be received with respect, sensitivity and an open mind. We also discuss finding the courage to follow your true path and her healing process after a serious illness. My guest experienced deep trauma as a child While we don't talk about this directly, it's made clear that she found herself in some dreadfully sad situations. Some of the content may upset people, so please be aware of background themes of drug abuse and child neglect that may trigger some people. As a listener of this podcast, she very much wanted to share her story with us here, and I'm very glad she did because it's a powerful magical experience and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I'll see you at the end for some discussion.
1: Time to
2: been listening to your podcast for a while
1: oh thank you and
2: I've been a researcher as well so I can feel the rhythm of what you're doing and I I feel like it's from a very good place I really (laughs) do appreciate it because yeah people like I've heard many people say who've spoken to you and and I've read things as well where people feel quite vulnerable um especially a position in your community or you've got a a position in society as somebody who is supposed to um, pass a type of judgment on somebody else's well-being or mental health Mm. Um, people are calling what you're saying um, a type of mental ill health it can feel like you could be discredited but I've looked into it even more and I just feel that there's no possible way that could, pos- that could happen. And in fact, it creates a questioning and it creates a line of inquiry which opens up more things and people can see it however they like. It's just...
0: Yeah, because you know. you, you're, um, you're a doctor I, of psychology.
2: Yes. So I'm a sociologist who has been practicing psychology for the last eight years. Um, and then I got cancer and I oh, went through all of my treatment and um, really I, I was very frightened um, and asked lots and lots of questions and I looked into different rituals people use to process fear of death and, I mean, I looked into psychedelics and I didn't try them. Mm. So I looked into them and, and what people had had gotten from those experiences and um, I found a lot of comfort in in those questions and answers and what people had discovered especially people with my um, I suppose my initial thought processes around those things Mm -hmm. which was generally quite open but uh, as yet unexperienced and then I looked at you know a lot of comments that people have made throughout my life when I've worked with children and and things like that and I realised that probably what I really want to do is just work with children. Um mm. and and it's worked really beautifully for me. So now I'm a kinder teacher. Oh,
0: amazing.
2: <laughs> and and childcare worker as well. So that's
0: That's lovely. That's actually
2: yeah it's and it is exactly what I want to do oh, so that's great yeah
0: you took that step <laughs> you you recognize yes. you know I think oh it's so important to do that that people just say what mm. do I really want to do and not get yep. tangled in oh but I can't do that because I did you know and if I do that then blah 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 and I'd just yeah, like forget yeah. all that just forget all that what is it that you would really want to do and it's almost that's like right. once you kind of turn that direction without knowing how Mm -hmm. to get there just turn that direction and it just kind of things start to lay themselves out
2: it really did the bricks just laid themselves I just had Mm -hmm. to walk I um you know I started working with children and it, it made me realize like there were some really dark times where I was panicking during my you know my my treatment um, I'd come to cancer quite late uh, in the game. I didn't realise I had had cancer until a year in. Oh, um, so, yeah, by the time I was diagnosed, um, I was up to stage three cancer, um, which meant that, you know, I bypassed a couple of immediate treatments mm. um, that would have definitely ripped it right back. And, and so I was having these images and visions of swimming in dark water, Um, but with a darker, larger shadow circling me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to continually try to breathe through the fear of when it would strike. And um, it was a very frightening thing, um, feeling it and seeing it and just having that sense of immediate and impending and painful death just right there. Um, and also the terror of not being there with my children, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was really frightening for me. And, and the peace that I felt was actually when I was with them. Um, so not just with them, but just being around their energy was just very, very calming for me. Yeah. And um, it was a very, it, it was a quite eye-opening how simple and gentle and kind that, you know, they, they allowed that energy into my space uh, and I was quite locked into my fear. So they were able to unlock that without any force. Did, it just swung open. Yeah. And that's when I started to see that actually that's where I'm at my happiest when I'm just with my children and with children in general, they just make me feel happy and um apparently it's you know it's quite mutual
0: <laughs> oh that's I mean the thing is with kids as well is that they're so present I mean most yes. times it'd say they're just so present and in the now and and it really teaches us something doesn't it about just exactly yeah appreciate there is nothing
2: else there's nothing else yeah. it's just now and and also that you know time doesn't run in a straight line Yeah. Um, it, it just doesn't and so the child in me was playing with the child that I was working with or hanging out with and um, healing retrospectively, you know, like it was just going back and healing without any intent on my part. It was just happening. Um, So it was a very, you know, traumatised child going from that to just seamlessly moving forward without even trying by just saying yes to my heart and yes to what I needed to do. So I'm in remission, um, and I'm just happy to be in remission. But of course, you do have those fears floating all, oh, but it could happen any time. And um, to just keep on top of that, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and going to work and mm. embracing it.
0: I'm so you glad know, so. to hear that you're in remission. That is absolutely yes. wonderful <laughs> news. And thank you. It sounds like it's been a really rich process for you and something amazing. Yeah, yeah. Something that is so, so difficult that, you know, we would always um worry about those those kind of times in our life. And yet it sounds Definitely. like
2: it. Yeah. yeah. I've had a few different experiences in my life which um have been mainly my own, like sort of on my own. So without having someone else to sort of I suppose verify it. Mm. Um but The first experience that I had that I remember, which would sort of, I suppose, follow me throughout my whole life, was actually in the company of somebody else. Um, So not long before my, I think, I have something called, um, uh, some people call it piking, and it's where you remember almost everything that happened to you, not in a photographic sense, but just in a linear sense. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very easy for me to recall things that happened to me as an infant um, and not just traumatic things but just things. Um, And we think we, (laughs) psychiatrists that I have been in treatment with as a child and older, have come to see it as just um, it's not very common but it does happen to children who have been through very traumatic experiences Mm. Um, that their their body and their mind just presses record. And, yes, we do remember things in our bodies, but my mind remembers things like a movie um, from a child's developmental perspective as well. Mm. So um, I remember many, many things from being probably just before my first birthday. Gosh. That was one thing. Um, but. Um, just before my third birthday, I happened to be living with my mother in a commune uh, in the north of New South Wales um, in Australia, where it's basically a very feminist commune that they didn't allow any any people or even animals, pets of a male gender um, to live yes. there. Yeah it was a place where she could go that people who she owed money to didn't necessarily know where to go so I would spend quite some time up there but it was completely without any electricity or it was a magical place honestly mm. um, people said that they saw all kinds of things there um, but I wasn't Always with my mother there, I would I would go with some of the other women, and we'd go on little walks and things around the place. Um, and I was walking down a slight hill. I was I was walking with this person, uh, an older woman who was probably in her mid twenties.
0: And how old would you um, have been?
2: Um, just just before my third birthday. Mm. Um, so I was quite a little person, and. I also remember very clearly that the tree was probably, like now when I look back at the tree, it was probably very, not a very tall tree. It was kind of a medium-sized tree, not, a, not one that would tower above you. Yeah. Um, kind of it cross between a, a bush or a shrub and a tree. Yeah. But as a little person, it was, you know, a little bit bigger than me. And um, we could hear buzzing like we thought that there were wasps Mm. Um, in this tree, just be sort of before us, going down the hill a little, and she put her arm out um, to sort of say stop because you know to protect me, mm. and uh, we both stopped on the rise, um, and we were looking down, and both of us um, trying hard to make out what with what what these this buzzing was was making the sound was coming from. Um, and it seemed that they they were whatever it was was quite large for a wasp, really, um, and they were moving differently than what I had seen. They were moving more. Uh, they were, well, there wasn't like a swarming kind of flying pattern. It was more um, stopping and then moving and stopping and moving, almost like they were alighting onto a branch and then moving on. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. and then, sort of just looking through them, really, kind of almost like they were looking for something within the tree.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and and once we we sort of had this, I guess, some um, signal or something told us not to be afraid, because we were moving closer, um, and we started moving towards this tree, and we stopped probably about a meter to a meter and a half away. Um, and it was completely full of these small red beings and I I couldn't really focus on any one of them at, at once. Like I was trying to look as a little child, I was trying to take it all in at once and I couldn't really focus and one seemed to perhaps sense that um, and move towards my face and it's it stopped and hovered in midair right in front of my
1: nose.
2: <laughs> um, and it wasn't so that I couldn't see. I wasn't cross-eyed. It was, like, in perfect detail. Yeah. And I can see it right now as I'm closing my eyes. It was a female form with dragonfly-type wings, two longer ones, and then just behind each one was smaller, smaller like, sort of flying wing. Yeah. Um. bit transparent with, uh, like, kind of red shaded, like a, a red transparent. Um, and the body was in almost like you might understand what um, if you think of ribbed tights um, okay like ribbed tights it was almost like a whole body suit that went completely over uh, it was her entire skin was made of these tiny little ribs um, and it was red like red stocking tights basically and, and it was complete all the way down her back her arms, her breasts—like it was in a suit. There were no nipples. It wasn't anything like that. It was like a suit, like a skin that covered her body. Mm-hmm. Um, with these little ribs, and her her feet did not have toes. They were like little stocking feet. <laughs> um, so it was like a suit in a way. Yeah. Um, but it—her whole face was in that same very. But it was—it was more on her face. It was a little bit more. Um, I suppose more sort of flatter. It wasn't quite so raised.
0: Yeah, the red. Um, and, too. and in
2: that, yes, in that sense, I could pick out her her features beautifully. Um, uh, her hair was long, and the same shade of red, exactly the same um, as her skin. Even her little eyes had had the whites had whites in them, long red eyelashes, but her her pupils were a dark red brown. Um her pupils sorry the the iris, I beg your pardon, um the pupils were black um her nose was very small and very very like slightly upturned mm. um her mouth had was had lips um she had a little chin um she she had a very perfect sort of ratio of features, yeah, she was a very beautiful little thing, no pointed ears, she just had normal shaped ears mm. um And she just looked so elegant and so beautiful. And um, she just, she wasn't smiling or frowning. She just looked impassive. Um, And she was just hovering there right in front of me. And I didn't have a sense to reach out or do anything like that. Even as a little child at that age, I would love to have probably grabbed it or touched her. or I would have picked up anything shiny, I think, at that age. Mm. but I didn't I just stood there and observed her and she observed me um it seemed that perhaps we were there for maybe 10 seconds at the very most it did seem like a lot longer but now that I thought about it it wouldn't have been that long at all really but everything behind her was moving and stopping and moving and stopping and now that I'd had a chance to look back at it again and again. Of course, I I look back at it often and I can see it again as if it was right in front of me. Mm. Now that I've thought about it, the patterns that were being made behind her in the tree by the other beings are almost geometric Mm. and um, and almost, I think, synchronised, almost like a kaleidoscope would be. Yes. If you were to turn it, it sort of... As a child walking and stopping above the hill, it looks like they were stopping and starting and, and looking sort of haphazardly stopping. But as I look at it now, I can actually see that it is tumbling and stopping and turning and moving in a very organised pattern and yeah. and actually a beautiful dance. It's almost geometrically like a kaleidoscope, just those little windows of shape just opening up and closing as they went through the bush, yeah. um, which is just trippy as <laughs>
0: that's that's really amazing how, yeah, was, yeah. how big do you think she was so she came down to your um, little face then
2: my tiny face yep so she she was just smaller than the width of my face mm. and I was little so I would say an inch
0: wow an inch and a half so an inch and a half tall
2: uh long so she was flying and she was laying in her she was like in flight yes and hovering so, yes, yes uh, and, and in fact they all were yeah um some of them were even going backwards just to touch to to go down depending on the branch but they seemed to know completely where they were within the tree so no bumps or fa- like, sort of spatial in, yeah um, calculations
0: yeah yeah their yeah,
2: total awareness of where and and as if that, that was a very familiar patch and a familiar movement uh, that they did there don't know what they were getting <laughs> And you,
0: and you um, seem to have a sense, did you say that she was shining in some way? Did you have that?
2: Um, she was glowing, yes. Yeah, so She's she had glowing. this inner, um, It was. it's hard to really describe that. That's the bit that always gets me because mm. the outline of her was so crisp um, mm. in my mind, but the tree was glowing okay. with their redness, with their sort of it was almost like a phosphorence, like a. I
1: know, yeah.
2: It, it yeah. seemed to leave what I think now perhaps were little trails, mm. um, which were actually lighting up wherever they had been or were about to go because time again was moving strangely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been said about that particular place that it just does. Um, mm. Yeah, things, things are a bit slower there or faster it's hard to tell but time is not quite the same it always feels just a little different yes yes um, like a step out of time in some way just that little tiny like a just enough to make it slightly known um but the lady that was with me was completely silent um and was actually in withdrawals um from um I think possibly heroin
1: mm.
2: so I know that she was unwell I knew that that she was having headaches and was unwell
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, because she wanted to walk um, and I wanted to, to go for a walk, so we decided to go together. Mm. Um, it's a place that was considered quite healing. There were quite a few um, naturopaths and herbalists there that helped my mother in particular try and ease her own problems. Mm. Um, so they were using, you know, Angelica um, and hibiscus and things that they had brought with them. Um, you know as well as massive massive um, paddocks full of lavender and things like that so they did have a lot of herbs and things that I'm guessing now as an older woman um, you know they probably did go there to find healing yeah but um, as a little person I just knew that she wasn't well and that she I overheard a lot of discussions about different things that people were trying to sort of get off of and things. Mm. Um, So I know that she wasn't totally well and that we wouldn't have been there for that long because she needed to keep moving. Um, Uh, What what was her reaction? Did she? She was breathing. I could actually hear her breathing next to me while this being stopped in front of my face because I know that at first her feeling was I need to protect her from what possibly is stinging insects. Yeah. And then as as we both realised and moved towards the beings that were there, I feel like she was just um, basically trying not to make anything happen, to shoo them off, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Scare them away. Um, because I actually didn't, until I, I became aware as it started to, to sort of move on from us, I, I was I was in my own little zone there and I started to realise that she had been making this deep breathing sound the whole time
1: mm.
2: um, beside me and that actually um, it was only when she spoke that I realised that she had seen it as well. I thought perhaps that I was just having a a little daydream. So she something. was
0: locked into this experience and experiencing yes. it on a deep level as well.
2: Deep level, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Um, what ended up happening was it, she she kind of, this little being was, was moving her wings very quickly and then stopping them. Um, mm. And when she stopped them, I could see them perfectly, but then I only knew she started moving them again when I couldn't focus on them. <laughs> um, and that happened a lot. Even over that 10 seconds, she sort of stopped and buzzed and, and, um I, I didn't really hear like an individual buzzing from her. It was just a general mm. buzzing. Um, but the the visual of that stopping and starting was fascinating. Um and eventually what happened was she made almost a cicada a cicada sound, which is a, like a high mm. um almost um pi- piping sort of little crickety sound, it's hard to describe. Um and it was almost like a, a call, um, like a, a signal, I guess, um, because she, she never blinked, but she had eyelashes and she just held my gaze like the whole time. Yeah. But her wings actually clicked together oh, and then yes. they all just flew away. All of them. Um, <laughs> all of them within like I reckon half a second and yeah. they had moved on and we didn't even, they went forward. And that was it. That they sort of just disappeared. Um. And then I just stood there looking after them, like looking where they'd gone, trying to process, I guess, what I had seen, and thinking, "Well, that was a really good one." That one, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so this lady said to me, "Did you see what? Did you just see that as well?" Um. I guess. Lovely. That was all she could say was, "Did you just see that as well?" Because obviously I had. I was standing still looking you know in in one spot for a long time yeah and she and I said yeah I did I remember my little voice uh, echoed down the hill a little and um she said wow <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's so amazing um, that's so so and- lovely welcome to the alchemy of natural healing
2: yeah and then she said are you sure are you sure did you see the little red fairies and I said yeah yeah I saw them and I described basically as best as I could like pretty red fairies with um big dragonfly wings and they were wearing tights and and she's she's nodding saying yeah 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 I saw that as well
0: wow so she didn't um, get one coming to her she didn't have one sort of standing
2: no 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 no, not at all it didn't go anywhere really that close to her she was probably not that close to me either she's about a meter away
0: okay um
2: because I was always like um walking zigzags I used to get told off for it all the time <laughs> as a small child um so she's probably walking quite a distance like probably enough away that if I decided to do my funny little zigzag float around that I didn't trip her over
1: yeah.
2: um so yeah she'd given me enough space and um had probably maintained distance and yeah, it just happened. And it was quite incredible because of course, like with the piking, with that memory thing, it just I can just access it anytime. And it, it mm-hmm. does feel like a gift sometimes. Um and just to have her see, because now that woman, we we've lost touch um oh, 20 years ago now, mm-hmm. um 40 now. Um, Mm. Over time, she actually got very cleaned up and moved far away from us, and found me over Facebook. Like just as I was wonderful. Um, Yeah, she's started talking to me about things, um, but I I did lose touch with her for for many years, especially after I'd I'd gone into foster care and you know moved all over. And um, she. She actually, t- t- humorously and sadly, in a way, she had become a born-again Christian. Okay. Um, and not sadly, I guess sadly that she felt that she never discounted that she saw them, but she had turned them into demons oh. um, and a temptation, you know, for her to mm. to believe in not God, in the other and, yeah. and I thought that was sad, but also fascinating because she still didn't say, oh, no, it was just a, <laughs> her hallucination caused by this or that. She, she maintains that that happened and tried to say, you know, I feel that it was a message from, you know, wow. devil and things like that. And. So in my own way, I feel like that still validates.
0: Well, the, I guess still that was validates. the only, uh, I guess that was the only way that, um, you know, uh, say sort of mainstream culture would allow her to make sense of it in any way. Because either she, either either the, the answer is yes. yeah. that she made it up. And of course, you know, yep. she can't go for that option because you also yeah. saw it. Because so I was the there, only yes. other, yeah the only other accepting accepted explanation say within a belief right. system that is also mainstream is then to say well they were demons and you know yes and you know, and they, and they,
2: do, they certainly <laughs> exist of course they do so right. you know it just um i found that very interesting especially, especially from a psychologist's point of view Absolutely. but i think that for myself it was it was um it's always always been something that i well actually i haven't met anyone else who's seen or like for real you know mm. um until I had spoken I suppose maybe to you um and also yeah. just heard the stories um, yeah. which have always just riveted me because you're looking and you're searching and you're feeling and trying to see was that like this was it like this you know it was was that the same and there have been a few that you've described how I my gut has said yes definitely they saw yeah. that yeah. You know, and whoever has seen whatever they've seen believe that. Um, there's been quite an impact on me as far as what I teach my children. Um, yeah. You know, I allow them all their fairy tales and I allow them to have gnomes in the garden and I teach them all of the folklore and um, that I can find and books do find their way to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I teach them as much as I possibly can and I love doing that. Um so, yeah, that's cool. But um I guess, as a little person, it didn't harm me at all to know that she was there or that they were there. Um, it was yeah. It was a wonderful thing, and it made me, even though many terrible things happened to me, um, they never harmed me, you know, and I felt like that was the, I guess the, one of the things that couldn't be taken from me. Mm. So it was quite yeah. sweet. Yeah, but yeah, it's, that was
0: amazing. It's, it sounds like a very healing experience. Did, what kind of sense did you get from her from the, and it also do you think they were all female?
2: Um, yes, I did feel that they were. Um, I felt like I, I did, I can't say that I saw exact details of the others, only that, mm-hmm. that I did feel that that was the case. And I've never had anything to change my mind. Mm. Or to recollect it, It, the only thing that I, you know, has changed or become more clear into focus was the larger patterning of their movements. Mm. Um, The, um, the one thing I did pick up was, uh, and and then at the time, and also now, very strongly, is that she was the leader, Mm. Um, or or that she, and that it wasn't a hive mind. It wasn't that um, they were all individual deciding and choosing to do what they were doing to move with her, follow her and um, and and that they had that they were very old. she was very very old. I felt that she was so wise um, and she also had an authority about her. she was you know it was almost like I don't know it's hard to describe not that she was um, like she wasn't military she had a very authoritative air, um, like they had very important business to do and they were doing it um, and that something was important that she would stop and show me herself mm-hmm. because it did seem like they they had something very intricate happening and that it was um, totally alien <laughs> to whatever was happening for me and, and humans. Um, Yeah, she had, like I said, she was. She had a very um, sort of unreadable expression. She didn't have a like a smile or a frown. She was just observing, and not assessing even. Just looking. Um, It didn't feel like she knew me. It just felt that I, my awareness, was open enough for her to you know, she must have noticed that it was open and that mm. she chose to see me and for me to see her. So
0: yeah,
2: I felt that it was completely at her decision, like it was her will for me to see her. It wasn't that I had just spied her.
0: No, I, yeah. I, under, I understand that. Yeah, yeah I, I don't understand that. Did you get a sense of any message from her or any emotion, I know, although she wasn't sharing emotion her emotion did did you get an
2: emotion so a few years ago um uh I was going through um, some sad things and I was I was trying to figure out a way to perhaps be less sensitive um to other people's Really hard times. I'm an empath, and I find it very difficult not to absorb things that, in in a healthy way. I Mm -hmm. think that's the hard part. And it actually, um, I had a a memory pop into my head of her being um, incredibly strong and incredibly old, but also so vital and so um, like she she was old to me, she was old to others of her kind mm-hmm. um, and she was iron strong, like there was just nothing about her that was, su- there was no surplus fat on her that was, and it wasn't just like, you know, it was in her being, she was just completely, everything about her was necessary
1: mm-hmm. and it
2: made me feel um, a sense of comfort in time passing for me and that, as time passed, I would become stronger, and things would be burned away that were not they're not necessary for me. And that, um, and, and the truth is, it has happened, and I have become stronger, and I have become less vulnerable um, to others without becoming insensitive. So yes. those wisdoms have come to me, and. And because, of course, there were times where I was like, oh, my gosh, I just can't, I can't bear to feel anymore. Mm. <laughs> um, and, but I did have that picture of her just almost a warrior standing or flying in front of me. Like, you know, we each have our own purposes and the strength, we find the strength to fulfill them. And whatever her purpose was, was known only to, I, I guess, her own dimension and and mine is known to mine. And even though right then I was at the very beginning of what of what I thought was my journey, mm. well, I guess that perhaps she could see that time wasn't linear and that inside me was the woman that I've become. Yes. Um, and that perhaps she saw all the things. Um, and who knows, maybe she saw none of that and she was just an elemental being with none of those feelings, but that's what I got. Yeah. Because I thought that too, maybe I just projected all of those things onto her. <laughs> but, but it, um, it did feel that she knew things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It felt like she connected with you at some deep, deep level. Yeah. Yes, oh. yeah.
2: Like a very strong connection there.
0: That's really impressive. None.
2: So yeah, it was yeah. it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um And I think that's never left me. It was something really delicate and special um, and also just so wise. Her hair was beautiful too. It was um, in my hair now I have quite a few strands of um, silver Mm. and I love it. And I remember as a little person she had what I thought would be um, like metallic strands of red in her hair amongst just the, I suppose, non-metallic red. (laughs) Okay. Now looking back, I think that perhaps that's why I thought she was old. Right. Um, Because she had kind of streaks of silvery red in her hair. Wow. Um, And I thought of it as like, I must have thought of it as old then. (laughs) I don't know why. It just came to me that she was just so ancient. Mm. Um, But it was really beautiful. Like it was Mm. stunning. And as I've gotten older and, you know, have learned the, you know, the terrible loss of losing your hair and what you think of as your femininity and all the things through chemotherapy and then regrowing my hair and finding all this silver. Yes. Um, I just have such an appreciation and love for it. <laughs> yes,
0: I, I, I can resonate with that. My hair is entirely silver now.
2: Oh. wonderful I saw that and I was like oh my gosh oh the jealousy
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yes there's there are kind of feelings around that as well when you're kind of Mm. uh, transitioning from a young woman with this kind of really vibrant hair and then the the greys the whites start to appear and and what society says about that and having to dye it
2: oh and it's such a poisonous thing because actually There's nothing more powerful, I think, than a woman that has enjoyed her years or even just got to those years where she feels okay to let them out. And, in fact, a lot of younger women have silver hair, but they don't feel safe to let them out. It's true. Um, And we're all capping our, you know, they say, I think in the Bible it even says, do not hide your light under a a bowl. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing about hair. I think it's it's a very, it is a crowning thing. It's something so visibly, viscerally attached to your um, yeah. yourself. It's very <laughs>
0: liberating, years. isn't it? Just a yes, kind of, oh, is. this is me and.
2: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. this is me, you know, and that's okay. And I love that and it's fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> do you think, um, do you think you have an idea of what the shrub might have been? Was it with their Was there fruit on the tree, or
2: no? Um, it was. Do you know what? It had no leaves. Right. It was what I've looked it up in many many books because I've tried to find it, um, and the only thing I can think of is that it was a birch tree. Perhaps, okay. That hmm. um, had, but see, it was high summer and it should have had all of its leaves um and it didn't it didn't have any leaves at all
0: so i wonder if they um, were helping the tree in some way i'm just i'm just looking in my tree wisdom book here
2: it says yes, tree it wisdom
0: the definitive guide <laughs>
2: it's
0: by jacqueline memory patterson
2: oh
0: birch. um silver birch 91
2: yes yeah, I think it was something like that. And there was something very twisted about it, though. It wasn't a straight up and down silver birch that I've seen. It was old, like really old, and perhaps maybe stunted at some point, but it didn't look dead. It just looked like the leaves were sleeping.
0: Says um, the silver birch is known. As the lady of the woods, it is womanly, constant, and friendly, a tree of enchantment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when seen by moonlight, it presents its most outstanding feature, a gleaming silvery bark, which legends throughout Europe describe as the hallmark of fairy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. This white, white bark also <laughs> gleams attractively in the sun and shows the lightness of the tree's spirit, the ethereal beauty of the innocent dancing quality of the female in nature with delicate wow. branches and leaves to match.
2: Right. So that that was the, the reason why I'm thinking that it was a birch and after all the looking, I keep coming back to this same, um, the very delicate branches um, mm. and the gleaming um, bark. It was like um almost yeah, like silver. Yeah. It was oh. very light. Especially in
0: the sunlight. Yeah, it was beautiful. And um various origins of the word beech, beeth or beth variations of the Gaelic name for birch are given as meaning existence, enduring, world, and shining one. Yeah. Wow.
2: Hmm. <laughs> Incredible.
0: <laughs> yeah
2: so there you go
0: so there you go wonder if it yes yeah.
2: it's a yeah. very old place um up in those areas it's now been claimed by the government i i hear um as a national park okay um, so none of the the dwellings that were there or the women that lived there are there any longer but there was a period of time where it was quite famous um for the you know, the women that were there. Um, And there's not much to be found except a few pieces here and there that were written about it.
0: Were you able ever to return to that place?
2: Yes. That was my last time there. Um, I had been there off and on over the years, um, like sort of up until that point, like as a a baby, I think, Um, my mum would often go there like when I was a baby, um, I think just, you know, it, it might have even been just on her way. Um, and I would spend a little bit of time there and I remember it well, very well. Um, but the, that time that I saw the bees was the last time that I had been there. Mm. So, yeah, I haven't been back.
0: What happened uh, that day when you um, went back to the house? Did you tell the.
2: What no, um I didn't tell them what we'd seen but I heard the woman telling the others um later mm-hmm. and they they all started talking about you know different things that they'd seen there so that's how I sort of knew that that uh, you know that maybe there were other things that people had seen there
0: at this point we did begin to discuss two other encounters one of which is available on patreon.com forward slash the Modern Fairy Sightings Podcast.
2: Loved talking to you.
0: Yeah, yes. thank you so much. I'm so glad you're in <laughs> you. in, a, in a much better place now. And yes,
2: I certainly am. Life yes, it brings am.
0: you joy, and you know that you feel safe. Yeah, um, and, and I well. do. I
2: think creating that safety in my life for my children vicariously makes me feel safe as well. Being protected. A protector makes me feel protected yeah. so that's a another way that that happens for me as well so yeah that is true oh and who knows what experiences will will happen in the future i'd love to see a gnome or two mm. popping around the garden i've got lots of little gnomes everywhere and lots of gnome energy so who knows i loved listening to your stories about the gnomes that was amazing yeah um, on your podcast people seeing things and <laughs> it was just lovely some of them yeah. are a bit scary. But I know, also just yeah. interesting,
0: fascinating stuff. Yeah. It is. I I find it absolutely fascinating. I really, really love hearing about all these experiences. yes uh, it just it's... and like I, I feel the same as you, you know, if you've seen something similar yourself, you go, Oh yeah, I I know how that felt for that person. Yes. I just know, I know what that yes. was like.
2: And also so the seeking of it too. There's the seeking, you know. I love also like if on the Facebook page um, somebody might post something, but also some of the richest parts are the comments. Yeah. Um, You'll read down you go, oh, wow, someone's just shared something really amazing and that's just totally struck a chord. Yeah, love it.
0: That's true. Oh, well, thank you for yep. being part of this and
2: yep, sharing thanks. your story,
0: <laughs> you know, because people listen to that and they are then yeah. – feeling oh yeah okay i, I know this yes. other person has felt this too and i'm not alone and that's yeah just so important so I thank
1: agree.
2: you yeah thank you Time to
0: I hope you enjoyed this enchanting share. Small winged fairies are reported much less frequently but they are witnessed from time to time and they featured in episode 3, The Honey Bandit, and episode 8, The Good, the Bad and the Tickly. If anyone has any ideas about the ribbed nature of the female form, please get in touch. Our understanding of these experiences are so limited. As we're well aware, The most common way to make sense of them is to point towards psychological symptoms, particularly in a situation where someone's experienced trauma. I personally feel that this is a closed-minded and outdated approach which fails to take into account the plethora of other similar encounters that people have had without symptoms of trauma. In addition, this was witnessed by two people who remained committed to the fact that the event took place as described, although, as we heard, the older woman could only make sense of what she witnessed by deciding to view it through the lens of her religious belief system. Religious belief is often the only acceptable route of understanding for those with a limited Western worldview that is unable to fully explain these phenomena. It was at the time of the Enlightenment in the 17th century that we first began to look to science as a means of understanding the world, through investigation of that which we could weigh and measure. Before this time, the worldview was provided by the Church. Extraordinary phenomena, which at the time was often tied in with religious experience, were not able to be explained by means of quantifying and, as a result, religion and reason formed into two separate domains, as it were. Anything spiritual or extraordinary was permitted to sit outside the philosophy of reason, as it couldn't be measured. Our current Western society still views the world from this reasoned perspective, although I believe that we are in the midst of evolving into a new age where we are beginning to consider the universe from an even more enlightened perspective. Our guest gave a really full, reflective and meaningful explanation of her encounter and the subsequent encounter which is shared on Patreon. I applaud her for doing so. She has allowed herself to decide what it meant for her because she knows, as we should all know, That we all have the answers within us. As a society, we're not used to trusting our perception about anything. At school, we're conditioned in a certain way which shapes our prevailing views. Rather than empowering our children to trust their own sense about things, we're always correcting them. To view experiences according to what's acceptable by society. To go along with the permitted worldview. What if you decided that all the answers are within you? I realise that's a fairly radical idea for some to grasp, but if it were true, what would your life look like? What would be different? Yes, everything is, of course, measured. We live alongside each other and there's a gentle dance involved when finding what works for you and those around you in your life. But you do retain the power to decide what is right for you, so don't be afraid to explore that perspective. A huge thank you to my guest for entrusting her encounter to us with such an open heart. I've included some fairies with wings examples in the show notes which are very interesting and please do get in touch with your own encounters or thoughts about the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate and share it with one other friend that you think might like it. This really helps and I do appreciate it. Keep walking in nature, keep being you and always... Remain curious.